The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. And so, the IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. We are back with the IDP Pro Managers Pod every Friday. Well, not every Friday, because next week we won't be here with you, and we weren't last week uh, due to technical issues. But most Fridays in the offseason and the NFL season, Craig Greeth, that is myself, and Gary, the IDP tipster, come to you to go over news and notes and IDP relevant information for your leagues. We have one of our favorites back on the show with us, the man with the golden voice and the golden heart, and we have J.J. Wenner. J.J., thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be on the show today and uh, that you guys would think of me. So thank you very much. Topic for this week, we'll be getting into AFC IDP camp battles to watch. We're going to be going over probably the top 10 or so we feel IDP camp battles to be looking at. But before we do that, we do have news. And uh, there's actually a decent amount between last week and this week as the Hall of Fame game was last night. You know, football is back, even if it's just preseason football. So there's things happening that are more relevant than just the usual off-season scuttlebutt to go through. First up here, we have a couple things from the Cowboys. Safety Donovan Wilson, who had a really nice season last year, could miss four to six weeks with a right calf strain, suffered last week Wednesday. And they also locked up Trayvon Diggs, cornerback, the uh, big play cornerback, but also much maligned in coverage at times, Trayvon Diggs. He got a five-year, $97 million contract to keep him through 2027. The Seahawks signed uh, edge player Yuchenna Nwoso to a three-year, $59 million extension, so he got a really nice chunk of money there. The Bengals re-signed, uh, really, well, it's an extension for – Defensive end Trey Hendrickson, he got a one-year extension to keep him through 2025. Big news out of Miami, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Jalen Ramsey is expected to require a full meniscus repair for suffering a knee injury in camp and will likely be sidelined until December if all goes well. And a couple depth moves, we got linebacker Deion Jones signing with the Panthers and the Steelers signing linebacker Quan Alexander most recently from the Jets. He got a one-year deal with the Steelers there. The Vikings locked up Daniil Hunter for this season. They appeased him after only having him signed for like $5 million or something like this. He got a one-year uh, boost to about $20 million. So they'll be keeping him this year and keeping him happy. Very interesting news uh, with the Dolphins, too. Sort of related to the Jalen Ramsey injury is Eli Apple formerly of the Bengals, has signed a one-year contract with them, so he and Tyreek Hill should be having a lot of fun in practice together. And hot off the press here, Yannick Ngakwe, last night we received news that he signed a one-year $10.5 million contract, $10 million of that guaranteed. Get off my lawn. 
play for the Bears this year. And Yannick is certainly going to help him beef up that I think it was right at the bottom pass rush in terms of sacks that the Bears had last year. And he is a sack specialist and the sack specialist only. So he should help out with that. I don't think he's going to help fix that run defense issue, but they've done enough other makeovers to find some help there. And if you want more news and information like this, make sure you listen to the IDP Pros Players Pod this week, where the aforementioned JJ that's on with us and then Steve Thompson of the IDP guys are going to be on to break down more major signings and how it affects the league and your IDP leagues this season. JJ, man, what have you been up to, brother? How's uh, how's the summer treated you? Summer's treating me pretty well. Uh, getting ramped up to go back to school, you know, getting everything in order. But I've had a great summer. It was my first time in Scott Fishbowl. Um, and then I sort of just caught the bug and I had whittled down all my leagues. And now they've gone kind of back up. I, I did the EFFC. I am doing the IDP guys. I did the IDP show. Uh, their league so i'm pretty excited i'm having a pretty good fantasy summer yeah i'm excited we're all gonna see each other at the expo too man yes 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 craig you're going yeah i I am i have my transportation issues from last year that were a problem that kept me from going after planning to go have been sorted out so i will be arriving probably around uh, with the time change i don't know eight or nine a.m on friday i'll be down there so Awesome. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. The Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard degenerate. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first prize. Plus, we've got a monthly SGP Stories podcast, which is an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degenerates. There's even a Discord channel just for our patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free, and the Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. This IDP Pros Podcast segment is brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Doc. Sebastian Fearon. Sebastian is an Army veteran, a doctor of physical therapy, and a strength and conditioning specialist, and he'll be helping us with injury information all season long on the IDP Pros podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at SGPNFootballDoc, all one word. What's up, guys? SGPNFootballDoc here, and today we're heading out to Cleveland, Ohio to talk some linebacker injuries. That's right, last season the Cleveland Browns linebacking court got absolutely decimated by injuries. And we were talking two guys coming back from major injuries in linebacker Anthony Walker and his running mate Sione Takitaki. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Anthony Walker. He injured his knee, his quadriceps tendon in week three against the Steelers. So your quadriceps tendon is the tendon that connects your quad, so the muscle of your upper leg, to your kneecap, your patella, right? So that's that tendon that connects that muscle, that bone, completely ruptured. Required season-ending surgery. A typical timeline for that, you're looking anywhere from around six to eight months as far as recovery timeline typically. Now, this is a rare injury and a pretty difficult one to come back from. So pretty rare in the NFL. doesn't happen a ton. Uh, but when it does, only about 50 to 60% of players return from that injury and get back to playing where they need to be. 
Now, Walker does have the benefit of having 11 and a half months from the injury to week one. So he is working his way through rehab. Good sign is that he did not start on the physically unable to perform with a pup list for training camp. So he is starting to practice in a limited capacity. He's only participating in individual drills, although he's doing them daily. Uh, he still needs to work his way back up to seven on seven and 11 on 11. So he's got to work into those team periods. You'd like to see that he can start getting either some joint practice or some preseason games so he can start getting adjusted to the game speed there. Uh, he's already been stating that he's not going to play in the Hall of Fame game, but he's still got you know about five weeks to work his way back to where week one is a possibility there. Let's go ahead and talk about his running mate, Sione Takitaki. So he also had a major injury a little bit later in the year, so he actually tore his ACL. So your ACL is your major stabilizing ligament in your knee. Um, it helps to prevent or to work with cutting, deceleration. It really helps for your stability there. And typically, you like to see around 10 to 12 months of recovery. The NFL average is 11 and a half months of an NFL returning from or NFL player returning from the ACL injury. Uh, the initial prognosis was that he was going to try to make a comeback in October after his surgery, but it seems like he's a bit ahead of schedule. He also did not start on the pup list, and for him, that's a little bit more significant with a less recovery time there. So he's participating in individual drills uh, in a limited basis, uh, kind of every other day. He's not in any team period so far. Uh, he also will not be playing in the uh, Hall of Fame game, but um, he does have a shot at returning week one. Now, I will say that Walker has a better chance of playing week one, and I think we see Taki Taki closer to week three, week four. But both of these situations are absolutely injuries to monitor. Uh, both of them are projected starters for the Browns this year. So based on how the recovery goes, this really could shape, uh, you know, this starting defense and what it looks like week one compared to what it looks like week four. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Follow for more. That is going to lead us right into our topic of the week. Again, we're looking at AFC IDP camp battles to be paying attention to. First up on our list, anyway, was the Browns linebacker two here. So, Gary, I'm going to throw it to you because I know you hadn't had a whole lot of uh, excitement previously over how things were with JOK and what he had shown. It kind of seems like he's going to be the first guy there, and it's leaving these two that were discussed in the video by Sebastian, Anthony Walker, and Sione Takitaki potential LB2s both coming off major injury. Do you have more hope for either one of these being healthy and then being productive? That's the second part for IDP managers this year. Well, I'd have to say by track record, I'm more interested in Taki Taki because he has a little bit less injury history between the two. Uh, I also like how he, I don't know, he had, had an opportunity last year. Coaches really liked him, of course. But when you checked it out on film, he looked freaking solid. So I think these two are probably going to have this uh, role. They're going to split in in the end. I I don't I don't see Anthony Walker finishing the season. I I just I'm a disbeliever that he's going to. Um, I don't. I've been avoiding the whole situation. I know I've had a lot of questions of people asking about that. So I was very thankful for Sebastian. To, SGPN doc to get that together for us, man. Uh, it's going to be great working with them this year, but um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know who to throw that dart at. What are you thinking, JJ? You know, I really don't know. I generally avoid guys coming off major knee surgeries. I, I don't like drafting them that first year back. Uh, 
you know, I usually try to wait until that second year, maybe a little bit later in the season to see what they have going. But I don't know, with both of these guys being banged up, is there a third guy who could sneak in here? Hmm. I'd like to think that uh, Jacob Phillips would be able to. I mean, he was drafted as like a third rounder, I think, a couple of years ago, and he's had injury problems himself. I mean, yeah. it's just been a complete mess. And he showed out a little bit, I think it was last year when he was healthy, but I think that's when he got hurt again, or it was the other way around and he played at the end of the year. Um, he was a great prospect coming out of LSU um, that just hasn't been able to stay healthy and win a job. So I think it's sort of the same problem with him as the other ones. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, Jim Schwartz is back coaching in the NFL. The last time he coached was 2020. And his linebacker that year was Alex Singleton, who was, what, the LB8 from week four on as soon as he got the starting job. So whoever gets a good role here, like, it it might be worthwhile. I just don't know who it's going to be at this point. It's... They got a strong side linebacker position too, so both of them will probably see if they are actually healthy at the same time or can pull this off during the what you know fourth fifth week of the season. I like the outlook of the secondary. <laughs> That's all this does. I, I just I only thing I'm kind of targeting off of this pivoting off of that would be the secondary besides our standard Jadarius uh, Smith and Miles Garrett shares, but you know. I don't know. I'm not, I just can't get excited. I know they're both healthy. I'm, I'm glad Taki Taki's back in the mix early. That's what I'm, I'm glad because I, I kind of like to see that kid get a shot. Just for a little bit of added clarity, look it up to make sure I was correct. Jacob Phillips in three years has played nine, four, and seven games, which uh, just isn't going to get it done for you because you're not on the field, uh, whether in real life or for ADP. So, Certainly going to be an interesting one next to JOK. Speaking about some bigger names, though, we're moving to the Colts. And JJ, I'm going to go to you first for this one. We got Shaq Leonard, the darling from probably, what, four years ago now? When as a rookie, I think he was the linebacker one in most places. We got Zaire Franklin, who's shown up pretty much in his absence uh, the past two years, especially this past year. Now that Bobby Okariki has gone off to the Giants, we got sort of these two in the middle there. Which one of the two are you trusting more, and do you think they'll be an LB1 on the season? You know, also looking at uh, EJ Speed, who's also there. I mean, if we're going to throw another guy into the mix. But of the three of them, the only one who's fully practicing is Zaire Franklin. EJ's been hurt. He's missed some practices. Leonard hasn't resumed contact yet. Again, going back to what we just said about the Browns, I'm all about, you know, believing in players coming back from injury. But, you know, we're not talking about an Achilles. We're talking about nerve damage in his back. I I don't know. I'm staying away from Leonard completely until I hear that he is participating in contact drills. Because until he can tackle somebody and take a block, I don't believe that he can do it. Doesn't matter for us if you're not in the field able to do yeah. it. That's certainly true. So Gary? I would have to say Zaire Franklin, obviously. That's the only one standing. Well, I would say that Leonard's the underdog. The IDP Pro podcasts are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. 
and there are plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB player prop parlays as well. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. But I'm definitely going to go with uh, Franklin at his ADP and not risk, even though I can get Leonard a little bit later. I'm not going to risk that, you know, in some best balls or something. If I can get him cheap in some dynasty league drafts or something, but I just, uh, I, I don't know if um, he's going to have to earn it again. You know, there was a lot of little issues on compiled on everything. So like you mentioned, he is a practice and he's dressed. He's just not contact and not even sure when that'll be for sure. Hopefully soon we'll see something. Craig, who are you interested in? in this situation. I mean, it's a highly productive, highly productive position. Whoever ends up getting it, we've seen it with Okariki and Leonard both working in it in full production. And you still have LB two LB one, but Leonard was always that really top ceiling LB one at that time period, you know? So how are we looking at two of the healthy dudes or, or one, I'm going to get a snap advantage over the other, or. I mean, you'd have to sort of look back, last year if you think they're both going to be healthier if we get that indication later this month for the season franklin and okariki were both fine to start for the most part last year and you'd be fine with them as certainly as an lb2 anyway so if they're both on the field with Shaq and zaire yeah i'm fine with plugging them in as an lb2 if they're both healthy if not it probably bumps zaire up a little bit just because we've seen him consistently do it before and then there's just less of that we no talented second linebacker next to him. EJ Speed could be that guy. He filled in nice last year when he had his opportunities, but we really haven't seen a long stretch of games with him doing the same thing on it. So I'd be a little bit more hesitant to be counting on him to do that. But if you were plugging him in that situation as your LB three or four or something like that, yeah, I think that'd be perfectly fine. There's just a lot of, and that's why we're talking about him here, injury question marks throughout the league right now. And it's, you know, the start of August, Real games are about a month away. You got to start be making these decisions for our teams coming up. Another one here. This one isn't so much injury based, but it is a crowded situation for who the LB two for the Browns is going. Excuse me, the Bills is going to be for us. We got Matt Milano as the main guy there. We know, but then we got a pile of names here. We got Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson, rookie Dorian Williams, and then the old veteran AJ Klein. Bernard, Dodson, and Klein have all had their cup of tea being a little bit relevant last year. And then you know, the older guys in prior years, like A.J. Klein, Doran Williams, the rookie, thrown in there that a lot of people had excitement about. But, Gary, I know you've been uh, checking in on that, and you've got some opinions on this one, so I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah, yeah, opinions, right? So just thinking about Dodson, apparently the report was last week. Of course, we know how early camp reports go or just – not last week, a few days ago, Dodson was getting the run at the middle inside linebacker position. I'm sure the ADP adjusted a little bit, but you know, it is early and the recent reports now are Bernard's now doing it uh, more at middle of linebacker with the first team. And for those people that was wondering where the rookie might be, he's actually just, he's practicing behind Milano at the weak side. We still got a long ways to go here. A few weeks, as you mentioned, there's injury concerns always in preseason, and then at the same time, 
everybody's trying out for a job. It could end up being neither one of these guys. What happens if Milano shifts inside? He can play the middle. I don't know if he can take a beating, but he is a little bit older, a little stouter in his age, so he could take that middle. And what about that rookie stepping in on the weak side and playing for Milano? Uh, you know, it could be a blind side. I don't know. You got anything on that, JJ? What do you think? Well, you know, I think the biggest story about the Bills right now is their coaching situation on the defensive side. You know, Leslie Frazier stepped away from the team. He didn't quit. He wasn't fired, mm. but he just left. Uh, he's been touring other training camps. He went to um, the, the like the executive uh, training program that the NFL hires. He's trying to become a head coach, but he walked away from the team. So, one thing about a Leslie Frazier defense is that they were predictable. Now they executed at a high level last year, but they used two linebackers on 96% of the plays last season. Like they ran the same formation over and over and over again. And what happened was, is that they were successful like throughout the regular season. But what did we see happen in the postseason year after year is that they let up tons of points. So, I wonder how much this defense is going to change. I know Sean McDermott said he's going to be calling some plays. Um, so I don't know. I think a lot of this is going to be up in the air as to what the Bills are actually going to do. Now, I mean, Dorian Williams isn't in the mix. You know, Brandon Bean already said that. A.J. Klein is A.J. Klein. The next year he has a good year will be his first year that he had a good year, right? <laughs> I mean – he hasn't had a PFF grade over 50 since 2018. So I don't know. I'm going to lead Bernard only because I like younger guys. I think he's more explosive than uh, Dodson. But I'm going to be interested to see what happens with this defense moving forward. I think you bring up a good point with this, uh, with McDermott calling the plays. Are we going to see a shift possibly? Is Could we, could we, get something out of this line where they're not rotating quite so much and somebody emerges like Ruscio, you know, an opportunity there. That would be great. I mean, just take his, take his defense and just put pressure on everybody because I mean, that's why they gave up all the points in the playoffs. They get up against these high caliber offenses and you got to make the contact. You got to take a quarterback down. You just can't just get up in their face and wave at him. I don't think you're going to see a change in that either, just because of the depth that they have there, like especially on the edge guys that right. you're talking about. I mean, they have Rousseau, who's the young stud. Von Miller's on the pup list, but they went and got Leonard Floyd, who was really productive as an edge guy. They still have Shaq Lawson there somehow. And, you know, other young guys they drafted in 21 and 20, AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham. I mean, none of these guys are going to be great as far as those latter names for IDP purposes, but they're going to get on the field to keep their guys fresh to rush the passer, which is just going to eat into some of that potential production for us. So, I mean, right now it's probably Rousseau and Floyd if you have to draft one because we don't know for sure about Von Miller. And really they just need him for the playoffs because I have to assume they're getting to the playoffs and they want him healthy for that. Uh, but those other guys can fill in situational and the defensive tackles just isn't a whole lot of great there for fantasy production. So, I, I mean, outside of the top two, I'm probably staying away. Nice thing about that group is they're going to keep that middle linebacker clean, whoever it is. Going from the top of the AFC area to the bottom, we're looking at the Texans, and we got a whole bunch of names here too. 
Denzel Perriman coming over, Christian Kirksey and Christian Harris both returning. Kirksey, of course, the longtime veteran, Christian Harris, second year linebacker, new coach and defensive stalwart. D'Amico Ryans is there installing his type of defense. JJ will throw it to you on this one. Who do you kind of been hearing about in this group that has you excited, if anyone? And do you think that they're going to have continued linebacker value? Because we know at least one of these guys, if they're on there for you know 100% of the snaps, they're going to have opportunities to make tackles. Yeah, I think, um, you know, once again, they're going through a major shift in defense. Um, Ryan's coming over from the 49ers. Um, now, when he was with the 49ers, he ran primarily two linebacker sets. Uh, I think last year they ran about 73% of their plays from with two linebackers. So who are going to be the two LBs? But also keep in mind that the third linebacker did see about 30% of the snaps in San Francisco. I think it's their defense was really bad last year. And Christian Harris was part of that reason. But Christian Harris was also lined up as covering the slot 80 times last year. I don't know how successful you're going to make a rookie when you – make him cover a slot receiver in the NFL. I don't know how many linebackers who can do that. Um, so I wonder if we just didn't see the best coaching of Christian Harris last year. So for me, though, I think it's going to be Perry Minning. Kirksey are the two what you want. But I, I, I'm interested to see what D'Amico Ryans does with Christian Harris and if he can coach him up and try to erase some of those bad habits I think he got into last year. No faith in Mr. Harris whatsoever. I mean, you just look at it. His PFF grade was poor. He he wasn't that good. He was a victim of circumstance. I don't care about draft stock or anything. There's a lot of work to be done there. And Kirksky has his issues in the past. Perriman's been solid the last few years. So, I mean, he's just been a mainstay. I think he might have had a couple of injuries, but hell, we've even had him as a really nice LB one player a couple of times, haven't we, for the last two or three years? Yeah. I just, um, I, I think that in the end, just like JJ said, is Kirksky and Perryman, I think that they should probably keep both of them on the field 100%. If they're healthy, considering that they're going through this transition, new defense, you know, coach and all this, uh, yeah. I don't like Harris. I didn't like Harris last year, man. <laughs> we just talked about a third rounder from three years ago with Cleveland, right? That hadn't played shit. So I think that was his round, if I'm not mistaken. I think if the season goes poorly, like a lot of people expect it to, you can see Harris, even if he doesn't the start of the season, get more run towards the end of the year. That way, you know, this isn't the same coaching staff that brought him in. They're going to want to see what they have with him anyway. So maybe not start of the season, but later on, I would think, see what you got in the guy that way you know if you're going to keep him yeah. around or not yeah it's not like i don't think they'll be playing for the playoffs right so they're going to all switch them it's it's perfect timing it makes sense you do get to see what you have hey all you crazy idp fans we are hosting the idp pros breast cancer awareness giveaway where you can win a roquan smith baltimore ravens jersey all you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post a pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPROS. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or 
on any of your favorite IDP Pro's accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. We're moving on to the Raiders here. We got uh, Divine Diablo, Robert Splane, and Luke Masterson sort of as the guys you're looking at manning the middle there alongside the edge players, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. And Tyree Wilson, once he's fully healthy, he'll be mixing in there too at the edge. A lot of people excited about Divine Diablo this year. There's been talk of him having the green dot, being the main guy for them, calling the plays and all that. Robert Spillane coming over from I don't know if he was last with the Steelers, but that's where I know him best from. And he was a serviceable fill-in with the Steelers for fantasy players when he would get the start there. How are you thinking this plays out? Well, I mean, Diablo sounds like he's coming into camp and he's going to be primed and ready, just like we've been waiting on for a couple of years. So he's fell down a board. You can definitely see that in ADP. He's not being drafted nowhere near like he was last year. I mean, there was all kinds of high ceiling stamped all over this there still is considering that there's not much of a line in front of him except for the pass rushers uh, there's a there's a lot of opportunity to you know stay on the field the whole time i like Spillane. uh i don't know i think we me and jj had talked prior to the show at one point and you know i have to agree with him i think that uh he was thinking the same thing that we're probably looking at Spillane like a two down thumper yeah, I definitely see Spillane more of a Perryman replacement than a threat to Diablo. I mean, Patrick Graham was the DC last year. Diablo start, I think he played 99% of mm. the snaps uh, until he got hurt in week mm. eight. So Patrick Graham didn't see any th- reason to not play Diablo last year when he was healthy. So I don't think he's going to suddenly change his tune Unless Diablo is not healthy again, but so I, I'm in on Diablo again, and it is because of his name. I I can't lie; his name is Divine Diablo. Uh, yeah, like it literally doesn't get better than that. So I didn't have many shares of him. I I didn't pay that. What kind of numbers did we have come out of him? I'm trying to remember if he was LB one for those weeks that he was healthy. Was he like a steady LB two? Because he. It's like he's he's surely I'm just curious because of the fall down the ADP then. I didn't get no shares of him. So part of the problem is he was injured the whole second half of the season. I think he broke his forearm or something like that. But like from mm-hmm. week nine on, he didn't play. But out of the weeks here, a combined tackle numbers that he played, we got seven, sixteen, seven, eight, ten, eleven, fourteen, and then one where he got injured in week eight. Okay, so, you got that one. No, those are nice numbers. The other thing to remember about him is, you know, he's a converted safety. He's a big guy. He was a really big safety that was not going to make it as a safety in the NFL. He's still making that transition and learning the position. And a lot of this throughout the NFL, we know we've seen him maybe not work with Isaiah Simmons and maybe, maybe not work with JOK. You know, we'll see how those guys play out. But the Raiders are trying this too with another guy that they had gotten, Amari Bernie. So he was a safety he was one of the top-rated safeties in the 2018 college class coming in. He transitioned to linebacker, and they have him to the Raiders now as a depth piece that's being worked as maybe the same sort of thing. So it's interesting to see that you know maybe they have a type here that they're going for, but it certainly seems what we saw at a Diablo to be working pretty well so far. 
So as far as the camp battle, I think we can all agree that Luke Masterson is just an afterthought at this point. I would say so. Well, this next one is not an afterthought. We've talked uh, quite a bit about one of these names on the show here. But J.J., the Dolphins, they got Jerome Baker. They brought in David Long from the Titans, one of the longtime darlings of the IDP world. People just hoping he'd get a shot. Maybe not the ideal landing spot, but he's going there to play. Do you think that Jerome Baker remains the LB1 there, or does David Long have a shot to take over that? Last year, uh, Elandon Roberts and uh, Baker finished as LB40 and LB41. So is Baker going to be 40 or 41? <laughs> like, it, it doesn't really matter to me in that yeah. case. I mean, of course, we have to think, though, what is Fangio going to run? Right, they have a new DC. Yep. Vic Fangio is probably what top three DCs in the league right now. Um, as far as being innovative, I don't know. I talked. Um, I don't know if anybody has seen, uh, listened to the Jordan Rodrigue podcast uh, game. What is it? Play callers. Uh, it's for the athletic, but it follows um, the coaching tree of like Shanahan and McVay and. They talk so much about Fangio as being the brilliant defensive coordinator who really thwarted McVay when he came out with that high-powered Rams offense in 2018. Uh, they had scored 33 points a game for the season, and when they went up against Fangio, they scored six. So I find it funny that you know McDaniel comes out of that system. Uh, now he has to make a hire, so he gets the guy who caused him and his counterparts so many issues. So, you know, the only thing to worry about is, is Fangio going to go to any type of one linebacker system, which he did run about 30% of the time. The last time he uh, was at DC when he was with the Broncos. So then it just matters which one is going to be on the field for that lower percent of the snaps, which maybe we don't know yet. Yeah. Both of them are, performing pretty well i mean i'm shocked to see that pff was so generous with their grade with uh, baker it's the first time i've seen it be that generous if i remember right and david long's positive so it, it's got a it's got a tough one so i i i gotta man i want to go long just because of what was mentioned you know everybody's been sitting here waiting you know, but at the same time as Buckeye, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe ba maybe Baker's better the less he plays. Who knows? But, you know, my only concern with Long, though, is if that, you know, he comes from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Mike Vrabel it, is a great linebacker, right? Now the coach. Mm -hmm. Why? And we're going to talk about them in a little bit because they're going through their own little battles. Why didn't they just keep Long? Interesting. I don't know. Lure, I mean, probably, lure it away. They probably could have gotten him for about the same as they got uh, Z's for, because I think the the contracts are relatively similar off the top of my head. But yeah, that's an interesting point. <laughs> so I don't know. I just when when NFL when head coaches make a decision on a player, especially when they have played that same position, it sort of it speaks a little louder to me. I hadn't made that connection. It's just like the Ellis and uh, the new defensive coordinator up there with Atlanta. You know, that's a that's a hell of a connection to have. So that's very. Well, I I did not well, get that together. That is definitely one thing that I 
I didn't realize mm. how prevalent it was in the NFL is that, you know, the guys who you go against are so important to you. Um, who is um, uh, Mike LaFleur, who just left the Jets, right? He was fired as OC. Um, and he went back to the Rams as their offensive coordinator. And on defense, they signed a killer uh, Wet Witherspoon, who he used to go against back in San Francisco, mm-hmm. right? Like it's these connections. So offensive guys know the players who cause them issues in practice. And I wonder sometimes if that's who they will then go after just the ramblings of a geriatric mind. I apologize. Hey, we all got it. Get off my lawn. I mean, if it works the one way and we see that all the time, even down in Arizona, you know, Gannon did that with Kazir white who he had familiarity with, even if he wasn't one of the main linebackers last year for production, why wouldn't it make sense where, you know, the guy's been on the team, you could resign him cheaply if you wanted him and the coach decides to go in a different direction. That's a very good point. So, We'll see how it plays out there. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right. The dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. Man, that guy sounds familiar. That's a nice sounding guy. Real handsome voice, isn't it? Yeah. You'll have to bring him on the show sometime, Gary, once you figure out who that is. Oh, yeah. Maybe tonight. I'm well, all- we'll have to see. Tune in to the IDP Pro Players Pod, and you'll see who's on the show. But the next show we're moving on to here, Gary, the Steelers. So they've been trying to figure out this linebacker position outside of their edge guys for quite a while. Their edge position is secured with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith off that new contract. They've completely revamped it. We mentioned they signed Quan Alexander. They also got Cole Holcomb over from the uh, commanders. They're still the commanders for now, anyway. And then Landon Roberts over from the Dolphins. Gary, who are you liking out of this one? I know we've talked about Cole Holcomb. Just, again, another guy hasn't been able to stay healthy. If I had to guess, if I'm reading your mind, which feels like a dangerous thing, I'm thinking you're going to say Landon <laughs> Roberts. But who who you I'm still in hammer with Roberts more than I am Holcomb. I just I have those trust issues. So, but I like this Alexander and talking about the camp battles amongst what we have left here covering in the rest of the show. I mean, uh, the episode. There's only this one in the Titans, which we're getting ready to hit on, that are really sticklers. When it comes to Alexander, just recently signing, he's a hell of an athlete, man. He, he's you know a weak side sideline to sideline coverage guy. They could stand at, he could fit into that Holcomb role. I, I could see it real nicely next to Roberts, but it just really depends. We're, we're so Tomlin dependent on what he decides, and then he'll change his mind five times. So, uh, it, I mean, my dart is at Roberts. Who's yours at? And at what ADP? I mean, are you going, are you going deep here or are you going for a Holcomb at standard? I don't think it really matters. 
And I, I know that's not a good answer. I know that's not what people want to hear. But, uh, Garrett, you and I talked about it. The linebacker usage in Pittsburgh varies so much from game to game that you don't know what you're going to get. They run more different uh, formations and, I don't know, schemes on defense. Like we talked about the Bills maybe being too simplistic. The Steelers are the opposite end of that, right? The Bills were simplistic but good. Steelers, man, they're just all over the place. Like, I would focus that down a little bit. I think we're going to see two guys on the field a lot together. But last year, we had, what, Miles Jack, uh, Spillane, and Bush. And they finished as linebackers 56, 66, and 73, respectively. So, who cares? Like, are any of these guys, even if they play a lot, going to be worth that much? I don't know. I kind of like Quan Alexander. He did play for the Jets last year. I still have those memories of his uh, mm. like top LB days back in Tampa Bay. And mm. last year was the first time that he was healthy for a full year. So hopefully yeah. he can step up. Yeah, I like him. I think part of the problem that they've run into with the Steelers, though, is that they just haven't had anyone they can count on to be on the field that much. Whereas if one of these guys does end up standing out as what they want, they're going to keep them on the field. Because Tomlin had tried to do that before. But with that mess that they'd run into with, what was I mean, Miles Jack and Joe Schobert last year, they gave up on the Devin Bush experiment. You know, Spillane would be all right when he'd play in spurts, but, you know, he wasn't the long-term guy there either. I just don't think they've had anyone they can trust for long enough. And sort of that short-sightedness of the past few years has ruined that potential spot for us. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, Craig. Like, how much does do swings and misses out of position affect everything else you have to do as a coach? Like, when you can't find, right? They, they went and got Devin Bush. Yeah. Like, they drafted him. They had high hopes. And, like, when you whiff on that, like, that must be difficult as a coach to recover from. Yeah, especially when uh, you're a defensive guy. <laughs> yeah. That kind of throws in two theories here. One, you get what you pay for. And two, man, rookie hype can kill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a top ten, I think, right around top ten pick. Anyway, he and Devin White were right up yep. there in that draft class. And uh, Devin White, at least, has panned out fantasy-wise for us. So. Yeah. But, um, you know, but those pay- two guys were equals. Like, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. those IDP rookie drafts. Like, they're, yeah. it was an either-or situation. It wasn't like one was clearly better than the other. When but- was the last big paid Pittsburgh inside linebacker? Not named Shazir. No, wait a minute. He didn't really even get paid paid. Uh, he got hurt in his rookie contract, I think. Yeah. It's a disaster. But I'm sure Pittsburgh will still be 500 or above. Because that's what they do. They figure mm-hmm. it out. Tomlin's probably the best, one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah. At just getting everything he can out of his players. It, this might actually just show it'll support Fitz or yeah, what's his name? Fitzpatrick deep again producing and probably high tower and Watt if he can stay on the field. Those guys will get add on to those combined tackles because the inside linebackers will probably be rotating in and out. Unless Roberts wins this out. Uh, just to answer your question, Gary, I, I picked a random year here, and I, I think I got it. It was around the Ryan, the Ryan Shazier time, but Lawrence Timmons had quite a few years uh, as an inside guy for the Steelers. Yeah. and he, Yeah. You know, 
five, six years he was with over huge. combined tackles. Yeah. Man, he was a beast too. I forgot all about him. Yep. In 2016, he had 114 combined doses last year with the Steelers. But anyway, to your point, 2016, we're what, seven years out from that? You know, so. yep. right. Yep. Been a long dry spell. All right, we're going to speed this up here a little bit to try to get through these last few. Moving to the Jaguars, we know who the linebacker one is there. After how the season ended last year with Devin Lloyd sort of hitting that wall, Chad Muma coming on and actually playing well when he got to start. That's the competition. Devin Lloyd has the draft capital. That'd be my money on him. They're going to give him that chance like they did last year. We'll see if his leash is a little bit shorter, if he continues to struggle a little bit. But who are you liking out of the two there, J.J.? You know, uh, Lloyd played 1,030 snaps last year, about 80% um, as a rookie. He didn't have the best rookie year, but I know uh, I was reading an article on the Jaguar Report uh, by John Shipley, and he quoted Mike Caldwell saying that the progression you see, that he's more comfortable here, he understands where he's supposed to look, able to do it, and that just enables him to make plays for us. That was done this offseason, so Lloyd is getting better. Last year, they played two linebackers on 95% of the snaps. So if you have Foye and Lloyd, start them both. I, yeah. I, I like those guys. He's getting his shot back. You know, It's his job to lose in camp right now, period. And I don't think he's going to lose it. Well, speaking of an undecided job, instead of one that is there to lose, the Titans, we got Aziz Shair coming over from the 49ers. Projected to be the main guy, the LB1 there for fantasy purposes. In real life, the LB2, not so settled. Main guys, we have Monty Rice and Jack Gibbons. So, Gary, take it away at who you think is going to play out to be the guy starting next to Aziz. Oh, no, man, but I was just sitting there thinking I had that sitting out there. You think no. will uh, like pay me to put their little 80 no. cans of energy drinks out here like that? I didn't realize that, man. Well, I have to blur that out in future. You're so uh, far away from the camera, yeah. buddy. I don't even know what you're holding up. I don't know that anyone saw it. What? I think you're all right. What? Well, plus, you're living hey. in a world of darkness like Aaron Rodgers there. So, Wow, that, is that a lyric to a song? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like something from Mad World. I I think it was a combination of uh, Bane um, from the the Dark Knight Rises. Born in the Dark. Yeah, that and just the poor Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) terrible life he has now. So, but that's probably too much offense for Gary already. Gary, Titans linebacker two, go. If you guys remember, we weren't here last week, and I actually had to update, update myself on this this morning. And apparently, Jack Gibbons is in play. Uh, versus Monty Rice for the LB2 job. So I, I I think last week it was like Gifford or something was kind of favored to be giving Monty Rice a hard time. But right now, Jack Gibbons is apparently getting the uh, the run uh, next to Alistair Zier more, way more than Monty Rice is. And Monty Rice has mainly been on the second. It's early camp battle. I got to admit, Monty Rice has never, you know, mounted to much after being a second round uh, pick. He did get a shot last year, finally got healthy after what, three years of being in the league, They're playing pretty decent. But uh, Jack Gibbons is uh, bringing his competition, apparently, his gay game. And uh, Monty Rice might be on notice. We'll see. I, it's, I don't think it's going to be a position that's going to mount to a huge amount. Uh, 
amount to much in production because Alcazar will be there. That's basically my quick take on that. This will be Monty's third year right now. He was a third round pick in twenty one. I just saw a quote uh, from Coach Vrabel in an article by Tyler Rowland. Um, said that Gibby Gibbons uh, probably has a little more length. Monty is probably a little bit quicker and maybe a little faster, but they've both been productive and they both showed up. Um, they're having, they're going to keep them in a competition and see what comes out of it. I don't know if either of them is worth any type of draft capital um, being the LB two and the Titans. Uh, I don't know how much I would be investing in either of them, but I think I would lean Rice if I had to. Moving over to the Broncos, they got a really interesting edge position situation going on there. It kind of seems like Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, the two veterans, are going to be the starters there. But they have guys that have shown out well behind them in Baron Browning, who's moved from an inside guy to a more of an edge guy last year. And then Jonathan Cooper, who different coaching staff, but uh, was really – uh, outstanding guy for a seventh round pick to earn his way onto the field at all in training camp. And, you know, he played well in special teams, high effort guy from Ohio state. Browning is from Ohio state too. I think interestingly enough, you know, Gregory is old. He's had some health issues. Frank Clark is coming over from the chiefs. I'll throw it to you on this one, JJ. Do you have any interest in either or Gregory or Frank Clark more than the other? Uh, no, I'm not drafting any of these guys. Um, I don't know. Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, that's quite a dastardly duo to have lining up at edge for a team. I'm not a big fan of either of them. Uh, so, no. I, Gary, what do you think? I'm not really concerned. And it's basically you're, you're throwing your dart at your studs. So, we have Frank Clark. I mean, he's consistent. Maybe in this, he'll, he'll produce something in the system. Uh, when it comes to Gregory, Randy Gregory, uh, man, I just, I don't know. I do like him, but I think at this point I might actually pivot since uh, Clark's there. Uh, at least Clark's always on the field. And in sleeper, just, Browning has a dual designation. Which is always I'll good just say Randy. as a Cowboys fan with uh, Randy Gregory, I had a lot of hope coming in um, when he was drafted in the second round. You know, He could have been a lot higher of a draft pick. He had the talent. Um, coming out of Nebraska to be a, a top 10 pick in the draft, but he had issues that caused him to fall, and we sort of saw that play out. You know, he's drafted in 2015. He's older than people think. He's turning 31 in November here, um, but he's played in 12 to 14. He had a missed year there fully in 2017 and 2019, and he had 10 games, 12 games, and six games. It's hard to put trust in him to one be healthy and then two just get you that production as talented as he is. He's never had more than six sacks in the season, probably partly due to health. He's a stay away from me, and it would be Frank Clark for me too. Hey, fellas, you know I'm that kind of guy, especially when I'm editing these things. When I admit it out loud to everybody, so I'm going to give a quick gist on the Ravens, real quick. Tyus Bowser. Bowser is currently not practicing, so you're two Oway and O Joe Bo. Well, I'm gonna screw that up. <laughs> why? Why do they actually look at the draft board? And go, I like the O's. You know, it is how they. That's how they pick shit. Anyhow, 
Uh, but you know, these two guys are they're paid to really be productive if somebody can start getting some sacks off the edge like Justin Houston did just a few years ago. But I, you know, to wrap this up, I know we're short on time, Craig, so you're gonna have to forgive me, man. But I wanted to get JJ's take on the Jets, which is mainly, I guess, a camp battle would have to be with your defensive edges. There's no camp battle. It's going to be a major rotation. Um, you have Lawson, JFM, Jermaine Johnson, Bryce Huff, uh, Will McDonald, the rookie, working in there. Um, and I think I would sort of take them in that order. Lawson would be the main guy. You know, second year removed from uh, his Achilles. Last year, seven sacks. I think we're going to see an improvement this year. JFM is just a man. I love Jonathan Franklin Myers, man. Um, like he's a big dude in the middle and he does yeah. a lot of the dirty work and they bump right. him inside a lot, even though he is an edge. Uh, yeah. And I think Will McDonald could have a surprisingly solid role this year as just a pure pass rushing edge. Nice. In the uh, hall of fame game last night, um, uh, McDonald and uh, Huff both showed up decently well. I know it was the first preseason game or whatever, but it's nice to see these guys. I, Bryce Huff, I think, got a sack. McDonald was in there for a few big plays, got some tackles. Nice to see those young guys. And I think Will McDonald in the future could be a great DN for you guys because mm-hmm. he has just got everything that you want in a defensive end. And if he can sort of adjust that to the NFL and fit in next year to Quinn and Williams, that could be nasty. Nice. It's definitely nice having Quinnen next to you. <laughs> yeah. a bit. Right. That's just 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 pay him and keep driving. No, he, he got his money. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got, got the bag. And he got his brother his own uh contract, which was nice of him too. So his brother got paid too. But that's gonna do it for us this week as far as our AFC camp battles. We will be back in Two weeks, Gary and I. I don't think there's any show next week, is there, Gary? This time, no, Friday. no. We're going to take next. Week. We're going to be at the expo, unless you want to do it there, man. And no, I did not. She did mention something about Johnny, so I was making sure he wasn't. Going to oh yeah, no, Johnny. Johnny's taking the players' pod over by himself next week, folks. He's got a special guest, surprise guest. He's like something's happening. He's cooking something up, but he's going to have that. Uh, the only pod coming out first next week, but. Make sure you check that out and uh, make sure you check out tonight's pod as I sign off because we're going to have JJ on again. So this next two pods are freaking going to be hot. And uh, we'll be back on the 18th and August 18th live at 10 a.m. Eastern for NFC camp battles. And hopefully we'll have a little bit more clarity on some of those. JJ, thanks for coming on once again. It's great to have you on as always. And, you know, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me right here. It's the only place I really am. So uh, thank you to both of you, by the way. This meant a lot getting invited on. Um, I'm always so grateful to be able to talk football with my friends. Reunited. And if you, anybody out there listening is in Canton next weekend, mm-hmm. come to the Expo. It's a lot of fun. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. But until then, have a great time.